Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm delighted to be joined in studio by Maggie Palmer. Hello, Maggie. Hello, Sarah. Welcome back to Portland. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you now are fresh off of coming from the Oregon coast, the beautiful Oregon coast. That's correct. And I did bring your hubby some crab that I personally <laughs> caught. I know. I know. So special. He's the crab eater in the house. I know. I hope he doesn't get sick because oh. <laughs> you can trace it directly. <laughs> right. <laughs> Their fingers will be pointed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but you and your family came out from Ohio where you all have been for what? Coming up a little more um, a year? It will be a year in July. Okay. I know. Yeah, my goodness. And so you came out to sell your wonderful beach house. Yes. So we came out to pillage it. I mean, <laughs> to grab some of our personal belongings. Yes, because you are selling it furnished. <laughs> yes. And we, when we moved to St. Martin, we thought, well, instead of uh, buying a storage facility and renting it, uh-huh. we would Perfect. just use the beach house. Perfect. Because we had a lower garage. So we had everything in there. Um, yeah, we got a U-Haul and I conveniently timed the U-Haul delivery that my husband is doing today by himself with my day with you. In the big city. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's his fault. I'm just going to blame him because he didn't look at my calendar Mm, and he scheduled it for Wednesday. Yeah. 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 Darn shucks. Sorry to miss that, honey. (laughs) So how does it feel to be back here? It feels great. I love Portland. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'll always, you know, I had all three babies here, so oh, uh-huh. it'll always be a special place. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And you've been running on the beach. You posted an Instagram picture, I know. I did. Okay. I, I was going to do six miles and I went three miles out mm-hmm. and then I turned around to come back and it was, you know, against the wind. Oh. So I decided to just take a little stroll. I was going to start singing, against the wind. <laughs> I was singing that, and then the sand Dan was in my Fogarty mouth. Or who it, I don't know. What <laughs> 1970s rocker is that? It got, it got a little painful. Yeah. 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 Wow. So that windy. It was that windy. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you know, the thing is, we're like three blocks from the beach. So I look out the window, and I put on my running clothes, and it's beautiful. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be great down there. You get down there, and it's just like, you know, mm, there's the Sahara Desert. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot going on once you get down to the beach on the Oregon coast. <laughs> right, right. Wow. Wow. So you walked back part of the way. I did. Mm-hmm. But, you know, of course, I had to stop my GPS. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't want people to think I'm doing like 20 minute miles. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Right, but right. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And are you going to you're just in for the day. You're not staying overnight in Portland. Yeah. Okay. Just so, in for the day. So no urban I'm running. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You could have stayed here, you know? <laughs> That's true. On the guest bed. I could have. <laughs> yeah. But I had, yeah, I have a couple more people to see today. And, you know, I get out here every couple of months. I know. I know yeah. you were out here in March around my birthday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or late February, maybe. I came out for your birthday. Uh, I know. Yeah, you did. And you were the only person on the team who gave me a birthday present. <gasps> oh, I did know. I say that out loud? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so you uh, you alluded to a race that you're doing in september is it yeah i'm doing the akron half okay and they yeah in um you know my new hometown yes okay yeah, and yeah. there's a ton of mother runners i know there are yeah, yeah. well there's heather who Heather. used to blog for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she's still doing ultras, I believe. Yeah, right, right. Because she blogged about training for her first marathon. And then yeah. she just on beyond zebra. She just kept going. She's amazing. Yeah, I see her pictures on Facebook. And I mean, I need to get out on the trails with her because oh. there's so many good trails. I know you talk about it. it sounds very charming and enchanting. I know. But you remember my last trail run was the Spokane Happy Girls. Mm, right. And I do believe and you I, fell. I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was jumping to avoid a big pile pile of horse poop and yeah i came down there was a crowd there was, it was an audible gasp yeah and i trust you said shit i was jumping over that yeah yeah but though when you talk about trails and the midwest in the summer i immediately think of bugs which reminds me of did you see on our facebook page that there was a post from, I now forget the woman's name, that she gets tormented by crows. <gasps> I saw that. Well, she runs. And the part I love best about that is that, so she carries, I mean, I, I feel badly because that's a total bummer, that she carries a small towel with her that she waves around her head to keep them away. I saw that. And I'm like, oh my goodness, can you imagine if you just like be like, 
hey, what's that crazy lady doing waving that towel around her head? But then you see the crows attacking her. I mean, oh. crows are really smart. And the other they thing are. I thought, I don't, I didn't read all the comments and I haven't had a chance to add my own. <laughs> um, but I thought, you know, crows are attracted to silver oh, and bright, shiny, shiny things. things. Mm. So I'm wondering if she has earrings or something Clever in her woman hair. thinking of solutions like that. Yeah. Because oh. why would... Yeah, I know. Or do you think it's bright colors? Because I remember um, talking to one woman who had a bright yellow bob. One of those, um, the right, the joggers, the Iron Iron Man one was bright yellow, and she said that it would just bees would just swarm it. Yeah, and you know they were attracted by the bright yellow color. Yeah. So that's that's an interesting. Because I mean, yeah, with animals and with computers, anything <laughs> that's kind of you know running on its own, right. um, it's typically user error. <laughs> it's you. typically us. So I always think, oh my god, what am I doing to attract uh-huh. this? Yeah. But yeah, there are there's some flies and mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, Sunday afternoons has this really cool hat. I have not purchased it yet, mm-hmm. but it has a net. That goes to your neck. Stop it. Yes. And so you wear the hat and then you, you know, tie the net. Um, and so today we're talking about, you know, chemicals and, and things like that. And, you know, when you're oh, running, you yeah. don't want to spray yourself with. With DEET and all that. So we answer of, that question. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So oh that's a good goodness. alternative. Oh, my gosh. That is so. And their out- hats are UV protection. That's so out of Africa, though, to have to wear like a, yeah. a net. I'd do it. Uh. I mean, I just don't like them in my mouth. They get up your nose. Oh, and in your eyes. Oh, yeah. I just, I think I've told this story before, but I will, it bears repeating that when I was dating my now husband, Jack, we lived in Chicago. I, he was living there. I went and lived temporarily there. And I just was begging him. I'm like, there has to be somewhere you can take me to hike. There just has to be. So finally he finds this place and we go out there and there were so many bugs mm-hmm. that it was like an aerobic upper body workout with <laughs> us just swatting, swatting, swatting. We had to... At, you couldn't stop doing it. I mean, yeah. t- no, no small towel that you wrap around your head. Like you, you just were doing this the whole time and we would stop to, I don't know, take in a view or something and, oh no, they would just descend on us. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I know we have a lot of treadmill haters out there, mm-hmm. but some days, you know, if I can only get my run in, um, toward the, the evening, mm-hmm. you know, after dinner, that's mm-hmm. when all the mosquitoes are out in my Ooh, neighborhood uh-huh. and I just go on the treadmill. Yeah. I'd much rather yeah. do that. Yeah. 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 Cause I'm trying to get my mileage in for the. I know, for your, training, for your training. And then October, we're doing Cape Cod. Yeah, so you are going to do the half there. I think. I'm kind of thinking about the 10-miler. Mm-hmm. No, 10-miler is at Twin Cities. So Cape Cod, it's oh. the half or cheering with Dimity. Okay. Those are your That's two right. options. Um, so yeah, I signed up for the half. Okay, good. Good, good, good. <laughs> and that padding sound that people are hearing... Alex, did you already get a little shot of our friend? Oh, big time. Our furry friend? Oh, good. Good, good. So, Okay, very good. Let's let's end with a with an Augie. Yes. Oh, oh. hello. He's so tired. He, he just went... loves Alex. <laughs> He's so tired. <laughs> He's it's so tired. He went to his half day of doggy daycare yesterday, and oh my goodness, he just wanted to go back to bed as soon as he woke up. So, <laughs> anyway, so... I feel the same way, Augie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, well, as you alluded to today, we're talking about summer skin issues, sun exposure, and protection acne, rosacea, and more with Dr. Elizabeth Hale, a board-certified dermatologist who is a clinical associate professor of dermatology at the New York University Langone Medical Center. A vice president of the Skin Cancer Foundation, Dr. Hale has extensive experience in the field of skin cancer and is a longtime advocate for increasing public awareness of the disease. She is a mother runner, and Dr. Hale has three children. She's run numerous marathons, and with her sister by her side, she's done more than 20 half marathons. Maggie and I will talk summer skin with Dr. Hale after this short break. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us, Dr. Hale. I'm so glad we found you as an ideal expert for this topic and uh, that you're a mother runner. We love that. Thank you so much for having me. So remind us the ages of your kids. So I have three kids. I have two boys and a girl. So my two mm-hmm. teenage boys are 14 and 17, and my daughter is eight years old. Oh, nice. Nice, nice. That's a good mix. I, I also have two boys and a girl. In that order as well? Um, no, it's boy, girl, boy. Okay, got it. Yeah, 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 but that sounds fun. But my daughter is seven. And we wanted to ask you more about your running background. You've done more than 20 half marathons and numerous marathons. Um, can you tell us more about your running background and kind of your your most exciting race, perhaps? 
Absolutely. So I grew up uh, in a suburb outside of New York City in Westchester County, and I grew up playing a lot of sports. So I personally am the oldest of three kids. Um, I have a sister who's actually my business partner as well. We're both dermatologists, and we have a practice Mm. together in New York. She's also my running partner. Um, But growing up, and then I have a younger brother. Growing up, we all played team sports. I definitely would not have considered myself a runner by any stretch. You know, I ran when I was on the court or on the field, but I actually – at that time in my life, didn't even see the point of running. Like, right, the thought of long distance <laughs> running was was sounded crazy to me. But interestingly, when I started medical school, so I went straight after high school to college. I did not play sports in college, but I did. Like, I was intramural chair of my sorority. Like, I always loved you know team sports, and I'm a very active person. But mm-hmm. once I started medical school, is when I finally like buckled down. I'm like, okay, now I'm going to be a serious student. So I became because in, in college and high school I did well enough, but I was always you know balancing that with active social life and having fun. So in med school uh-huh. I was like, this is my time to be serious. And I found running and implementing that as part of my routine was something I did to sort of let off the steam at the end of the day and um, mm-hmm. just clear my head. And then furthermore, my sister, who is four grades younger than me. She was in college when I was in medical school, but we found when we went home for holidays or for long weekends, we would just start running together because running for me had become really therapeutic in med school, like just getting through long days of classes. I would just go for a short run, but a run pretty consistently like every day. So then my sister and I started running and it was um, my first marathon, which is crazy because now this is like 22 years ago, but (laughs) in the year 1997, I was a... Uh, last in my last year of medical school and my sister was in her senior year of college and one day we were like let's just run a marathon you know like let's let's just do it and it's it's so funny like how enviable it is how young we were then because quite literally in that marathon and even though this was our first it probably was the most memorable because we literally did not officially train for it like I think we did one long run when we were home at our parents we're like oh let's just do it we did 17 miles like once beyond that it was like literally five mile (laughs) runs and that's it and then our goal, and this is like, I know I'm, this is a long-winded answer, but our goal was to beat four hours in our first marathon. We did not even know where that came from. People were like, <laughs> you know, just four under four hours is really good. So we're like, okay, let's do under four. And we, we didn't even like think about times. We, didn't, we did not even stop for water. Like we didn't even hydrate at the hydration stations. We just literally <laughs> ran it and we finished. And we have a picture, which at some point I can share with you, but fin- at the finish line holding hands and it said 359.59. And it no. like we... And the, the thing is, it probably was a little faster than that because we didn't start right. Like, we don't start with the elite Right, runners, you weren't right? at the, so yeah, that was, yeah. It was yeah. probably more like 358 or whatever. But um, the fact that it literally, like, we have this this photograph and we were like, we look back now, we're like, <laughs> what we wouldn't do to just, like, effortlessly. Anyhow, so that's sort of, like, how my running evolved. And then it just became a thing. And we would run on vacations. We'd run together on weekends. Um, running has always remained part of my life just for, I say, it's like my therapy. You know, I have a very busy life, mm-hmm. busy with my kids. So running is just a huge part of that. And so since that first race, we ran seven. We're training for our eighth marathon now, and I've done like over 20 halves. But that's that's my story. Nice, nice. What marathon are you training for? New York City. And we should probably branch out. Um, I did – we've done six New York City and one Washington, D.C. And at some point, like maybe when the kids are a little older, we will run – like I've heard it's really fun to do like London or Berlin or, you know, do something like more – or even yeah, Bermuda, and just something different. But so, or rock and roll marathon interests me. Um, but so far, it's just been New York City and Washington D.C. I gotta say, so I've run New York once. I ran ninety nine, and when I was waiting in line to pick up my number, I asked the gentleman ahead of me. I said, "Oh, how many marathons have you run?" And I don't remember what his answer was, but it was it was numerous ones. And I said, "Oh, which ones?" And he got this look on his face. He goes, "No, no, New York." And I was like, uh-huh, you know, there's other marathons, right? And he's like, he looked at me like, uh, you're obviously delusional. There are no other marathons. Right. But, well, there is, in my opinion, I'm a little biased too as a New Yorker, but do you agree having run it? I mean, it's like a, it's like an amazing mm. tour of this amazing city. No, mm. you don't agree. I, I grew up in Stanford. I grew up in Stanford, Connecticut. I, um... I, I'm I I live on the West Coast for a reason. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Okay. So. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I do want to run one of the West Coast marathons actually, and the okay. one which is the rock and roll run in uh is that Seattle? There's San There's San, San Diego. Diego. Seattle's very hilly. Seattle does have a rock and roll, and it's um very hilly. And um then San Diego, I mean, you got great views. It's and I would assume it's flatter oh, since so it's near, pretty the, there. near the water. Like yeah, the prettiest place on earth. Yes. Yeah. Have to wear a lot of sunscreen though. Uh, Absolutely. No matter <laughs> yes. where you're running. 
yes. <laughs> Actually, what we did last year, and then we can move on to sunscreen and topics like that. Yeah. But the last the last marathon we did was uh, 2017, so it was the like 20 year anniversary of that great like 1990. Oh no race. way! So uh-huh. we did this thing where we said, and we run in these shirts that you might have seen, like sisters, which we can yes. talk about. Um, Mine says sis and hers says ters, and we always run on the same side of each other. So, like when you look at us, it spells you know sisters. Um, yeah, yeah. And one year, we were going to ask you about that. If if you have to make sure you're on the right side, if you ever get well, into the race, you're like, funny. oh, no, it's we're a on no the wrong brainer side because we only can run on that side. In fact, like if I ever run with anyone else, it feels really funny unless I'm on that same side. Like it's even when yeah. we walk, and I think that's probably how it evolved because. My sister was born a lefty, and I say that because she like kind of trained herself to be ambidextrous. But she carries mm. her bag on her left shoulder, and I carry mine mm-hmm. on my right. So like when we walk <laughs> together with these like huge bags we all carry, like we have to walk on that side, or we like bang into each other. So it's it's just kind of like we're always like that, which is funny. But one year our brother ran with us, and I bought him a bro shirt just for you know PR. Oh, like I'm, and like that was a little weird because we don't normally run with him. We're like this, he, he can't come in between sis and ters, but like which yes. side is he running on? But um, <laughs> that was funny. But anyhow, so last in 2017, it was our 20 year anniversary. And we did this like since we're both dermatologists and we love skincare and sun protection and all that. We had this um, game in our office and people could also do it online, like on social media. But we had people guess what our time would be. We're like 20 years oh. later. Do they still have it? Like, can they still drink four hours? <laughs> and we had people like guess our time and uh-huh. whoever was closest without going over won this like huge basket of skincare and sun care products. Oh, um, and someone got it within like, like 10 seconds, but we did it actually in 3:58. So we were like very proud. Oh, Although we've done a few faster over those 20 years, but it was like pretty notable that 20 years later and 20 years yeah. older <laughs> that we actually beat our 3:59:59 by like a minute. So anyway, yeah, that but was probably I'd the like other to most exciting. I bet because maybe you did some training for that yeah, 2017 yeah. marathon. Yeah, actually hydrated. That, that yeah. <laughs> exactly. And the first time I ran a half, I did the same thing. I was just like, I'm going to do it. I'm just, I'm going to go run the Portland half. And my husband's like, um, that's like a lot of miles. <laughs> I think back on it now and I'm like, yeah, I just busted through it. I didn't have any gels. I didn't stop. I was like, I'm not stopping for water. I just got to keep going. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. That's exactly it. I know. Oh, so to be young you again. All right. And you did well. Oh, I, I, it's like my best time ever. And then afterwards, no. I was like, let's go get a burger. It's like now I'm like, I need an ice bath. Sometimes. Yes, I need to recover. I need to foam roll. So funny. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. All right. So let's dive into questions because we got a bunch of um, questions. We oftentimes get them from our Facebook crowd, which seems appropriate for a dermatologist that we got them from Facebook. Um, so, ba-bum-cha. So, um, so part, part, part of this first question is seems to be very much in the news lately. Um, so this one comes from Amanda. And she says, which is worse, the quote-unquote chemicals found in regular sunscreens or not wearing any sunscreen at all? And oh. she says also, yeah, are the natural slash mineral sunscreens really that much better for us, our skin, our health than regular traditional sunscreens? And she says she thinks some of the hype might just be sales pitch on those. So kind of two questions to pull apart and answer. I'm glad Amanda asked. So I thought mm-hmm. you were going to say chemical versus physical sunscreens, which we'll talk about, but versus mm-hmm. no sunscreen at all is very interesting. Okay, so mm-hmm. there is a lot in the news, of course, recently about the chemical ingredients in sunscreens and whether or not they're safe um, for human use. And first of all, my take-home message, and then we can dissect this a little, is it is always better to wear sunscreen than not to wear sunscreen at all because we know that unprotected sun exposure can lead to sunburns, which can lead to melanoma, which is the most serious type of skin cancer and the one that's very common in young women. Um, Mm -hmm. Furthermore, unprotected sun exposure is the primary cause of premature skin aging. So it's like in my practice all day, I'm either dealing with abnormal moles and sunscreen, but also half of what I do is treating like brown spots and wrinkles and, mm-hmm. and all of that's from unprotected, unprotected exposure as well. So mm-hmm. I definitely think sunscreen or sh- shall I say sun protection is always indicated. Now mm-hmm. I am a big believer in hats, sunglasses and sun protective clothing. So even when mm-hmm. I run, unless I'm running really early in the morning or really like later in the evening, I actually run in long sleeve like SPF 50 shirts and it's, yes, it's hot. And everyone's like, how do you do that? It's so hot, but it's also really hot when you're running in like a sports bra and the sun's pounding down on you. Right. So like Mm -hmm. you're going to be kind of hot anyway. So I'm a big fan of clothing, but to get Mm -hmm. back to the sunscreen issue. So first of all, even the chemical ingredients have been proven to be 
safe and effective for humans. And this has been studied for decades. So the reason why are they in the news so much now, one is environmental issues, right? So there are some data that some of the sunscreen ingredients have been found in the coral reef, most notably in mm -hmm. Hawaii. And that ingredient, oxybenzone, there are, there are definitely movements going on to remove that particular ingredient from sunscreen. So that I think is what we're looking towards in the future. Um, that mm -hmm. being said, for human use, it actually is safe and effective. You know, there have been some controversial studies in rodents that were actually given astronomical doses of some of these ingredients, and that's where some mm -hmm. of, like, the endocrine issues and the other questionable. But for humans and the amount we use on our skin, it has never been shown to be a problem. So I definitely mm -hmm. want to, you okay. know, remind people about that. I think also that when we talk about ocean swimming, that I, my message has always been, wear a rash guard and wear, you know, some protective shirt when you're swimming. And that kind of mm -hmm. kills both birds with one stone because you're ironic that I just use that expression. We're talking about like saving <laughs> the environment, but like, when you wear um, like a rash guard, then you're not using as much sunscreen, right? So it's better for the reefs and the, the ocean yeah. life, but it's also frankly better sun protection, right? Because even the best sunscreens, if you're in the ocean for prolonged periods, they're not going to be totally effective. So I always mm -hmm. swim with a rash guard. Um, mm -hmm. Now, as far as the ingredients, so definitely you need sun protection, you know, sunscreen and sun protective clothing. But what's interesting is because of this whole question about chemical sunscreens, people often say, well, should I do the ones that are just physical, just natural, meaning like zinc mm -hmm. and titanium, zinc oxide mm -hmm. and titanium dioxide. Now, those are definitely safe ingredients. The issue is, so they're good for everyday use. Like I wear zinc oxide on my face 365 days a year. Like, uh, you know, mm. they don't make you look white and lifeguardish anymore. You know, they're, they're transparent. Uh -huh. So I wear those every day. But in the summertime or when you're at the beach or when you're running, you actually need some of the chemicals to make the sunscreen more sweat resistant and water resistant. Mm. So I think like mm. we're too quick and probably even more on the West Coast, people are like more, you know, conscious about these things. But I think people are so quick to say, no chemical, no chemical, no, you know, but the reality uh -huh. is, if you use a sunscreen without any chemical, you don't really have that much water resistance. And if you're active, oh. you kind of need both. So I would say the long answer to Amanda's question, but to boil it down, sun protective clothing is always safe and effective. And the sunscreens are also safe and effective and definitely better to wear them than to wear nothing at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good. Well, and to follow up on um, sweating and things of that nature, Kristen lives in Florida, and she wants to know, is there a certain brand of sunscreen that does not run into your eyes and sting while sweating? So as far as the performance sunscreens, there are two that I'm a fan of. Um, mm. One of them, the newest product by Coppertone is Coppertone Sport Clear, and it's actually a water-resistant and sweat-resistant formula that goes on clear instead of white and that mm. that is like a non-irritating sunscreen i think it's good for people who sweat a lot um mm -hmm. specifically though if someone's worried about their eyes you know i also always recommend a hat and sunglasses of course but i think mm -hmm. that the sticks like copper tone sport stick is helpful because mm -hmm. you can like put that on above your brow and above your eyebrows and it won't run and then mm -hmm. there's one product that's actually from spain but it's worth mentioning um it's the brand is isdin isdin but they actually have a sunscreen called Fusion Water that they test in marathon runners' eyes. Like, I couldn't believe this when I heard oh. it, but they actually, like, irrigate it into the eyes of marathon runners. And I personally wow. use that. Now, that being said, the formulation that was tested is actually the European one. Some ingredients in Europe are not available in the States, so it's not as readily available. They do have a, a U.S.-based sunscreen as well, but I don't know that that's the one that was directly tested in the runner's eyes. But I use the one because now, since I learned this, I, of course, have them get me some. <laughs> so I actually use that <laughs> on my face. But I say that and copper tone. Um, and, of course, wearing a hat and sunglasses. So, cause is there a way, so for people who don't have the inside track on that, is there a way to get that? The, the European version other than just having, you know, your, your kid your who's studying over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the, the, the company will say that the fusion water here is also similar. I'm just from full oh, disclosure, okay. like I, the one yeah. I, is slightly different and the one that I've used is the European one. So but they hear the you brand know, name again is what? Well, the um, company is ISDIN, I-S-D-I-N, and then it's um, Fusion Water. It sounds like a sports drink, but it's actually... Yeah, it does. yeah, yeah. don't drink it, yes. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> it might be safe in your eyes. in your eyes, but don't drink it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I, so I feel like you just answered this question, but we'll call it out. Um, Jessica wants to know, is a visor enough protection for my face? I always, always, always run with a visor, but should I also be adding sunblock to my face? Yes, she should. And that's a good question, Jessica. So, you know, a visor certainly is better than than no visor. And obviously it's un, probably not on, it's unrealistic or impractical to run in like a floppy hat because obviously that would be ridiculous <laughs> and it wouldn't stay on and it would probably with the movement lift up anyway. But when we just wear visors or, or baseball hats and I do the same thing, but you're not really protecting your lateral face, you know, and, mm. and a lot of women, this is like more of a aesthetic issue now, but a lot of people in my office come in and they have that like hyperpigmentation or the pigment on the sides of their face, like their lateral mm. cheeks near their jawline. And mm-hmm. that's a common area for like hormonal kind of pigmentation. But also a lot of times, even people who put sunscreen or wear a visor, they're not really often extending that sunscreen all the way to the ears and the side of the face. So a visor mm-hmm. is definitely better than no visor. But if you're wearing a visor, I would still use sunscreen and especially make sure you put it laterally, you know, to the cheek jawline and to the neck area. Mm-hmm. And then just as a matter, I mean, visors great in that it's more breathable than a hat. And I understand why people wear it. But of course, as a dermatologist who specializes in skin cancer and sun damage, I have to say that the scalp is actually a common area for, especially as hair gets thinner, you know, as women mm-hmm. age, and certainly in men with thinner or no hair there, the top of the scalp is a high risk area for skin cancer, because mm-hmm. it's exposed mm-hmm. like year round. So you're better mm-hmm. off running in a cap than a visor, but a visor is better than nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so we got two related questions about SPF ratings. The first one comes from Kristen, who says, what SPF is actually worth it? Is SPF 50 really better than 30? To which Kayla wants to know, is SPF 100 legitimate? So sometimes it does feel like a numbers game, you know, like they're kind of racing to the top and is, is higher, better. <laughs> so the reality is like, if used properly, and it's a big if, and we'll get back to that. But so if it's used correctly in the right amount and reapplied, then yes, anything above SPF 30 is negligible increase. Like an SPF Mm. 30 blocks like 97% of ultraviolet rays. An SPF 50 might be like 98, you know, beyond that, it's like basically Mm. no real significant increase. The big if though, is that most people do not apply enough sunscreen. This is very well studied. So Technically, the right amount is two milligrams per square centimeter, which doesn't mean anything to anyone. But what that (laughs) translates is like a shot glass of lotion, you know, for your whole body. Um, Or if you're just doing like your face, neck and chest, like a quarter size dollop, like no one really puts this much sunscreen on. And furthermore, Mm -hmm. you're supposed to reapply every two hours. And few people do that unless you're a dermatologist like myself. Um, But so that's when the higher numbers somewhat compensate for the under application, you know, so like if you're not using enough, then yes, a 50 is going to be better because at least you're getting a little more out of that 50, right? Or, but generally speaking, I think like it's not necessary. There's talk of capping it at 50 or 60 um, because the higher numbers do seem a little outrageous, but you know, to me, I tell patients, you know, you're better off with a 50 than a 15 because you're probably not applying enough anyway. So at least the 50 is kind of compensating for that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so next up we have Hillary, who sounds like your um, A-plus perfect patient. (laughs) She sure does, yeah. She's very diligent. Um, She says, what is the best way to reapply sunscreen during a long race? I'm very fair and I burn easily. I try to put it on 15 minutes prior to starting. Then my husband waits halfway along a marathon course with a beach towel and spray sunscreen. I hate stopping, but obviously even a marathon PR is not worth skin cancer later. So this is very impressive. Yes, I give um, Kristen an A+. What you said, Kristen or Hillary? Sorry. Hillary. Hillary, Hillary, Hillary. sorry. A-plus for Hillary. Um, (laughs) So, you know, one thing that's good to know is that applying 15 minutes before she starts running is key because, you know, the chemical ingredients, and those are the ones that help with the sweat sweat resistance, those Mm -hmm. do need like 15 to 20 minutes to get absorbed and be effective. So it's good that she's doing that. I definitely would say this is, you know, marathon races are tough because um, oftentimes you don't want to stop and also you're sweating. It's like the last thing people think of doing is or want to do is put on sunscreen. And to, mm-hmm. for full disclosure, I do not reapply during a race now, which is oh. shocking. 
to say yeah. after, mm. <laughs> to the public. But, <laughs> you know, most marathons, in fact, all I've done are early in the morning, right? So it takes some comfort in that. And I do run in long sleeves and a hat and sunglasses. So it's not perfect, but, you know, and again, it depends when you're running. Like if you're running a summer marathon and you're in Bermuda, you kind of have to reapply. But if you're running a November New York City marathon. I was going to say, say a November race. Yeah. Yes, on the first right. weekend in November. So, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm not as worried <laughs> New York City, November 4th, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm with my long sleeves. But if you're running a summer race, I think that um, for the body, I always find the sprays most effective for reapplying, especially because uh-huh. they can be like sweat resistant, water resistant. So like the sports sprays are very helpful. Um, uh-huh. The face is a challenge, right? Because you don't really want to like be putting lotion on your face again. One mm-hmm. formulation that I find very nice for reapplying for for outdoor exercising for myself, but also for like my kids, if they're playing a game, but they make like mineral powders, which, Mm, and also even away from exercising. But a lot of my patients who, you know, we tell them, especially in the spring and the summer and the warmer months to apply before they leave the office, when they go out for lunch or at the end of the day. And people are like, I'm not going to like put sunscreen on over (laughs) in the middle of the day over my makeup, but the powders are brush on and they can give you like, SPF 50. Now I don't rely on those as a base coat alone. Like I still like the lotions, but for reapplying, like I keep them in my pocketbook. I keep them in my drawer at work before I leave every day. I like brush on more. And my kids actually love that formulation because it doesn't get in their eyes. Doesn't yeah. think. So I say like in the middle of a marathon, you're probably too sweaty to brush on because you're like so sweaty. So probably mm-hmm. the sprays, you know, and obviously again, the hat, mm-hmm. but in general, the powders on um, the mineral based powders are very helpful for reapplying. Yeah, I discovered that from when um, I would hang out on the sidelines while my older daughter had soccer practice and a mom whipped that out, you know, it was a 4 4 p.m. practice or something. I was like, well, that's fancy. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I thought that was really nifty. So so you've kind of alluded to um, what happens if you run early or run later. And we got um, two questions that got a ton of traction on our Facebook page. one from Sarah, who lives in Arizona, so she runs super early, like at 5 a.m., because as she says, it's stupid hot. Um, and so she wants to know if she needs to sunscreen for early morning exposure. And then on the flip side of that, Lorinda wants to know if we run at 6 p.m. or later, is sunscreen necessary then? So now it becomes a little bit more of a... Um like a vanity slash aesthetic issue, which is important Mm. as well, but just to talk about. So there's like two main types of ultraviolet rays that we talk about. There are the Mm -hmm. shorter ultraviolet B rays, and then there are the Mm -hmm. longer wavelength ultraviolet A rays. So the UVB rays are the ones that cause sunburn. They're shorter, Mm -hmm. but they're really intense. And those Mm -hmm. are the ones that SPF refers to, like blocking ultraviolet B rays. So that's the ability to block sunburn. So that's why, you know, in the middle of the day, you're more likely to sunburn. That's when the UVB mm-hmm. rays are most prevalent. That's when you think about like going to the beach, UVB, ultraviolet B, and that's what causes sunburn. So by running mm-hmm. either at 5 a.m. or 6 p.m., you're not likely to sunburn, right? And the burning mm-hmm. rays, the UVB, those are the ones that peak like midday, peak hours, and they're not as prevalent early, early in the morning or late at night. The issue is sunburning is really only half of the picture, right? So the ultraviolet B are what cause burn, and that's why we wear SPF to the beach in the middle of the day. But the ultraviolet A rays, UVA rays, those are longer wavelength rays, which mean that they Mm -hmm. penetrate, number one, year-round. So even when it's, like, cold out and even when you're in a non-warm like climate, they penetrate, Mm -hmm. and they penetrate through clouds, and they penetrate through windows, and they penetrate, like, all the time. They also, anytime that it's light out, like when the sun's out and all those UVA rays are hitting the Earth's surface, that's what's giving you Mm. like light. So the ultraviolet A rays are the ones, they don't cause burn, which is why you would not burn at 5 a.m. or 6 p.m. even without sunscreen, but Mm -hmm. they cause um, pigmentation, they break down Mm. collagen and cause wrinkles, and then they also lead to skin cancer mutations. So you're still Mm. getting damaging UVA rays, even if you're not sunburning. So Mm -hmm. this is why like putting on a broad spectrum and that's why when we see broad spectrum on a bottle, that means it's not just blocking the UVB sunburn rays, but it's UVA and UVB. UVA rays you want to protect against because you hopefully do not want skin cancer and also don't want wrinkles and sunspots and all that, right? So that's why I recommend wearing it year round and wearing Mm -hmm. broad spectrum. So they're right, they're better off doing 5 a.m. or 6 p.m. because they're not going to get as intense and they're not going to burn, but they still could theoretically get UVA rays. So they should always wear sunscreen. Mm. 
Okay, that that was very. Dare, I was going to say enlightening, but then I'm just going down a whole dad joke thing, and I, it was unintentional. <laughs> just on so, fire today. <laughs> so, um, so well, that leads to Denise's question. She says, "As I get older, I'm noticing new brown-colored freckles on my arms and face. How do I tell the difference between age spots and skin cancer?" So. First of all, seeing a board-certified dermatologist once a year is recommended for everyone to have a full skin check because as much as I can try to explain this, you know, over a phone interview, obviously seeing it in person is most helpful. So everyone should get checked and everyone should familiarize themselves with their spots because at the end of the day, change is what's most important. So if you have a spot that always looked like a benign freckle and suddenly it mm-hmm. turns black or starts getting bigger or getting irregular, you know, you'd want to get that checked out. So you definitely want to familiarize yourself with your own spots so you know if something changes and get checked by a board certified dermatologist annually but as far as a general rule is that freckles which are benign they're just kind of markers of sun damage and they tend to be genetic they tend to be that like light tan you know very light brown they do come out more in the summertime they tend to fade again in the wintertime um those are different from moles which are um we usually acquire moles throughout our life at until about our 40s and then we stop getting usually we stop getting new moles although we start then getting age spots and other things but um (laughs) but so moles tend to not fluctuate with sun exposure they're kind of consistent you know you get them they're there year round those tend to be sometimes larger occasionally they're raised um they're not as light as freckles but the key is um and this is available on various websites as well but uh, the A, B, C, D, E's of moles, mm-hmm. you know, you, you kind of know what to look for. And just very briefly speaking, A is asymmetry, B is border irregularity, C is color variation, D mm-hmm. is diameter or darkness, depending who you talk to. Diameter means rapidly enlarging. Darkness is like mm-hmm. if everyone has, if someone has all light brown moles and one of them is like jet black, obviously that could mm-hmm. be concerning. And then E, which I think is the most important, is evolution or change. So Again, if a mole mm-hmm. is changing, it should be evaluated because those could be signs that that mole is actually skin cancer, uh, specifically mm. melanoma. Um, so that's like a general overview. But then there also are the more common non-melanoma skin cancers, which is like basal and squamous cell cancer. Those are mm. not as deadly, but they are much more common. So occasionally, mm. like the pimple that doesn't go away or the scaly patch that stays around despite moisturizer or steroid cream you know like they're those are more subtle signs but they can often indicate the very common basal or squamous cell carcinoma so basically anything changing anything that seems new and doesn't belong you know should be evaluated but i think Mm -hmm. everyone should have an annual skin examination by a board certified dermatologist yeah one of the women on our facebook page she um, urged that she said she had just been recently diagnosed with melanoma and she was urging people to get an annual checkup. So I'm glad you, glad Good. you did that. Yeah. 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 By the way, what's yeah, the name of your Facebook page? I have to get on your Facebook page. Oh, you sure do. It's another, <laughs> it's another mother runner. Okay. Awesome. I yeah. will yeah. get on now. Yeah. Yeah. When it, <laughs> you're when you're paying doubt. attention. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> when in doubt, it's probably always best to go to a doctor instead of Facebook, but yeah, right, you know, right. right. But yeah. it's good for raising awareness and it's good that people are, you know, getting the word out there. So that's good. But yeah, yes, yeah. Course, well, this has been great. We had so much, so many questions. Um, and then we have another question. It's kind of a two part as well. Follow up. So wanted to shift gears a little bit to bug spray. In the intro, I told Sarah that I would not be adverse to wearing a hat with a net that comes down and wraps around your neck um, if it meant that the bugs would stay out of my nose. But Katie has the same problem. She says the mosquitoes here in Wisconsin are always out. How does sweating and sunscreen and bug spray all work together? And Tracy followed up with that and asked, uh, which should I apply first, the bug spray or the sunscreen? So, um, once again, I'm going to make a plug for protective clothing, right? Because one thing Uh that protects against both sun and bug bites are long sleeves and long pants. So I'm a big fan. Uh But as far as like the actual sunscreen versus bug spray, so the biggest difference is the um, reapplication. Okay, so for bug spray, you're really not supposed to be spraying like every hour or two. You really Mm -hmm. do want to do like a good spray in the morning because they tend to last much longer. And especially if it's deep, you know, you don't want to be like spraying bug spray all the time. Um, But you definitely, so it depends which sunscreen you're using. But if you're using a chemical-based sunscreen, you have to put that on first because it has to get absorbed by your skin. Um, Mm. So that would be the first layer. 
And then bug spray, you can always spray on top. You can even, like, I personally will even spray bug spray on my clothing because I find that, like, less mm. irritating on my skin, and then it doesn't interfere with, with the sunscreen. Um, so I usually put sunscreen on first, then my running clothes, and then if I'm in a buggy area, I'll spray my clothes, actually. I also, like, spray, mm. you know, bugs like to bite around the ankles, for example. So I spray my sneakers and my socks a lot because I just hate the feel of bug spray on my skin. So I'd say, like, mm. you know, sunscreen put it on, apply throughout the day, bug spray, get one coat in the morning, ideally spray on your clothes, your socks, your shoes. But if you're going to spray your skin, do it over your sunscreen. Gotcha. Good, good. The layering effect. Um, yeah. So we had several questions about rosacea and um, I'll just ask this one from Sharon. She says, uh, I have rosacea and very sensitive skin. I wear sunscreen year round. Is there anything else someone with rosacea or just sensitive skin should do before they go out for a run? So it's an excellent point because rosacea is very common and sun and exercise are two things that flare rosacea, but obviously you're mm -hmm. not going to not exercise. So, but the key with so rosacea, basically it's like a very broad condition, but the most common denominator is sensitive skin that flushes and gets red very easily. And mm -hmm. certain things like extreme temperatures, um, exercise, extremely spicy foods. Like there are a lot of things that are known to flare rosacea. So I'd say, for example, um, you know, you might want to do your running when it's cooler, you know, early in the morning, end of the day, so it's not so hot and so sunny, because that might help. Um, I think, you know, there's two different main types of rosacea. One is just the sensitive skin aspect, the red skin, and that you need sunscreen, hat, you know, exercising, like I said, in maybe not the hottest times of the day, maybe exercise indoors, that could be better, running on a treadmill when possible, you know, like those are helpful. But some people do have more... Uh, what's called acne rosacea. So in addition to getting mm. red, they get a lot of pustules and pimples and breakouts. And that's very frustrating too. So there are a lot of treatments for that arm of rosacea. So if someone's not just red, but also breaking out, they should definitely see a dermatologist for potentially topical or even oral medications that are very helpful mm. for rosacea. You know, it's a very common condition and we have a lot of um, options in our treatment armamentarium. Mm -hmm. But if someone's mm -hmm. just red, the key is like avoiding those um, exposures as much as possible. Definitely wearing a sunscreen. I find my patients with rosacea really like those brush on powders. You know, they still oh. need a lotion in the morning, something non-irritating like zinc oxide, but then reapplying with the powder is helpful. And then from a cosmetic viewpoint, if the redness really bothers people, it's one of the most common procedures I do, but is laser for rosacea. You know, it's called pulse mm. dye laser. Um, and it helps a lot with like the redness and the broken capillaries. So there are definitely treatment options, but you know, sunscreen, avoiding peak hours of sunlight and seeing a dermatologist are, are indicated. Okay. So let's talk about acne. Uh, we had quite a few questions about that. The first one from Stacy about back knee. Um, so she says running friends recommended Dr. Bronner's, but it's not working. She showers after every run, washes her bras. Um, she doesn't know what else to do. So any advice you have would be amazing for her. So I'm not familiar with Dr. Bronner's, but I will say that for back knee, which is extremely common in runners, um, she's already doing the right thing, which is to remove the sweaty equipment, sweaty sports bra immediately. Like, you know, even if you can't shower right away, at least take off the sweaty garments. But the ingredient that helps best for body acne um, is benzoyl peroxide. And that's mm -hmm. one of the few treatments that you can get over the counter just as readily as you can get a prescription because the over the counter mm -hmm. ones are just as good. So you look for benzoyl oh. peroxide 10%. Um, one brand that I like is Clean and Clear. But, you know, keep mm -hmm. it in the shower and wash with benzoyl peroxide and definitely change out of the sweaty clothes as soon mm -hmm. as possible. Mm -hmm. hmm. So, and then Jess says that she's had so much acne since she started back with a regimented training routine. And so what are the best products for adult acne? Um, and she said bonus points if it's something she can just pick up at Walmart that she doesn't have to subscribe to or order stuff online. Like, so maybe if it's more face acne, what do you suggest? Okay. So for back acne, benzoyl peroxide, face acne, the best over-the-counter ingredient is salicylic acid. And that's available mm. in a lot of acne cleansers. Um, there are some that are more like foaming cleansers and some that are wipes. Like there's actually my mm -hmm. teenage boys like these Neutrogena wipes that have salicylic mm. acid in them. And I think mm -hmm. that's a great option to keep like in your gym bag or like to use right after a run outside. Even if you can't mm. shower right away, you just like use one of those wipes to wipe off your face, takes the sweat mm. and the sebum off, but also has that active ingredient, salicylic acid. Um, mm -hmm. I think as far as over the counter, there is a, 
I mean, again, this is difficult without seeing someone because everyone's acne is different and oftentimes seeing a dermatologist is the best way, but um, there is a product called Differin, which used to be prescription mm. only, and now there's one type of it that's over the counter. So it's, there's still prescription that's stronger, but Differin, which is Adapalene is the generic, um, is approved for acne and it used to be prescription and now you can get it without a prescription. Um, mm -hmm. But like most acne medications, you have to use it very sparingly because if you use too much, you can get dry and flaky and irritated. So like a tiny dot goes a long way. Mm -hmm. Okay, good, good. So uh, switching gears a little bit, but in the same vein there, we're talking about makeup. So we just wrote a blog post about it on our website, um, and we had responses all over the board. Some people do, some people don't. Um, some people only wear makeup for race day. So how good or bad is uh, running in makeup? Bad, 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 bad. Okay, so <laughs> nothing good. So yeah, makeup, I've, I've done many interviews for this, and I've done a blog post myself on it, but um, it like drives me crazy to see people wearing a full face of makeup when they're at the gym or at a soul cycle class or, or on race day, because for so many reasons, but, um, the main reasons not to exercise in makeup, number one, the whole point of make of working out is to like, in addition to like the mental health benefit, which I think is huge, but it's also to like sweat it out. Right. And like get <laughs> sweat, sweat it out through your pores. And if you're exercising in makeup, number one, you're kind of trapping all that sweat and bacteria in. So mm -hmm. it's leading to breakouts and, um, you know, bacteria. It's just like a setup for like breakouts of your skin. Um, mm -hmm. And then also your skin's really not able to breathe. So you're not really like able to kind of like release the toxins and release a lot of the heat that a lot of, you know, a lot of that comes off through our face as well. So mm -hmm. I'm definitely not a fan of running in makeup at all. Um, mm -hmm. Also, I remind people that when you exercise, you get that beautiful, natural runner's glow, right? Like your skin is flushed mm -hmm. and that's a good thing. People look better instead of like cakey and makeup and all that. The only exceptions I would say, number one, um, you know, I'd say definitely sunscreen on the face, but no makeup because you don't want to trap and clog those pores. You don't want to break out. But if you need to, you could wear, you know, a mascara, waterproof mascara or, you know, lash extensions, for example. Like if people really want to, to look done up at least mascara that's waterproof or extensions you can still exercise in that's not like trapping clogging mm -hmm. your pores and trapping bacteria and then for lip balm and this is really important so some people like just a little color in their lips definitely mm -hmm. um find if you can a lip balm that has spf in it they do make some mm -hmm. tinted ones too so you can find like tinted spf so you're kind of mm -hmm. but if you if you're choosing between lipstick and lip gloss Lip gloss without SPF is like putting baby oil, baby oil mm. on your lips, right? It's like attracting the sun. You don't want anything glossy mm. unless it says SPF, then that's different. So in general, mm. lipstick is better because lipstick is kind of more opaque and more protective. So I would say mm -hmm. no makeup, just sunscreen. But if you must, you could do either waterproof mascara, you know, and some tinted lip balm with SPF. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so I know I said I'd let you go, but you touched on a topic that we have to cover because people were like really dying to know these questions about lips that they said they just get so dry. So you're saying maybe a tinted one with SPF, but any other solutions for just people just their lips get so dry when they run? Yes. Yeah, so my favorite product, which I'll give a plug, she's a colleague and a dear friend, a dermatologist in Seattle, Dr. Rogers, but she made this product called Dr. Rogers Restore. And it is the most natural, like it literally um, just has castor beans and glycerin. It doesn't even have lanolin in it. It is like less irritating than even, you know, Vaseline. It is like the best healing ointment, heals chafing, heals chapping. I use it all the time if I get chafing from running for my, if my lips or my eyes get dry. The only thing, it does not have SPF in it. So yes, during, mm -hmm. while you're running, you want to do a lip balm with SPF. But then when you're inside or when you're sleeping overnight, you can use something like Dr. Rogers Restore um, it's like a miracle balm is what it's been called, but I like to put it on at night. It's inexpensive. You can get it on Amazon, but you can put it on your lips or your eyes or your chafing or your fingers, you know, anywhere mm. while you sleep. And that can help to rehydrate and to heal the skin. Oh, good. Okay. And, and I, I lied. You have to, one more product endorsement. What is the zinc oxide? I mean, I'm not familiar with that as something that you would wear on your face every day. What brands can you recommend? So zinc oxide is the most broad spectrum sunscreen ingredient um, mm. and it is physical. It's non-chemical. So it's a, it's a favorite. Um, certainly, as I mentioned though, like if you're, if you're exercising, you probably want to find something with chemical in it as well. But as far as mm -hmm. zinc based sunscreens, the ones I recommend um, for adult use, I really like Elta MD. It's like a transparent mm -hmm. zinc oxide. Um, 
we carry it in our office on our website as well, but you can get it online. It's like very readily available as Elta MD. And then, you know, I mentioned Coppertone earlier. They also make a line now for, um, for kids, but it's called Pure and Simple. And it's like just zinc now. So it's like for people that want to use zinc on their babies and their kids, that's a great brand. Um, and then also the powders I talked about um, for reapplying, those are just zinc and titanium. Like they're the mineral powders. So I think mm -hmm. those are really good, like safe options for daily use year round. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Well, you are just a, a font of information. Thank you so much for joining us, wow, Dr. Hale. My pleasure. My favorite topics, running and sun protection. <laughs> good, good. And good luck with your training for the marathon, the, the New okay. York City Marathon. Yeah, all right. Yeah, Thank D1 you. one and only. No, I'm yes, Maybe yes. one day I'll see you on the West Coast. I actually tried to get into the um, Vancouver one this year, but there's no Oh, Vancouver, cool British weekend. Columbia? Yeah, yeah and it's then the, we mm -hmm. didn't get in. It was like a, it's supposed to be a team of three, and anyway, maybe next year. Oh, it's so beautiful. I've I have done that one, and my running partner did the half this year with a bunch of her um, daughters and their friends, and it's just gorgeous, just gorgeous. Oh, that sounds so, super cool. All right, yes, one day. grab your passport. Yes, come on. Out. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, thank All right. you guys for having me. Okay. Thanks. Take thank care. You. Bye bye. All right. Take care. Bye. All right, Maggie, are you now going to stock up on all sorts of new sunscreen? I, I tell you. I was taking a lot of notes. And yeah. I feel like anyone who started this podcast on a run either <laughs> had to like pause it and say, I'm going to listen to it later so I can take notes or they, they kind of. Or they can look in the show notes where I hope to link a lot there of them. There you go. Yeah. Or they pulled up to the side and they're like ordering on yeah. Amazon or something. Right, right, right. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, let's see what the sunshiny crowd in the train like a mother club is up to. Hey everybody, it's Dimity here and I am coming to you from the Train Like a Mother Club corner, but actually I'm coming to you today from the Many Happy Miles corner. We are at the end of June, which means that July is going to be teed up shortly. So if you're thinking about joining Many Happy Miles, our annual membership program where you get challenges and workouts and expert workshops and strength circuits and lots of camaraderie. Um, this might be a good time to jump in. Um, this is coming from Meg, just a, just a sense of kind of what happens in many happy miles. She goes, eek, I'm so excited. I just signed up for a marathon in December. This will be my second. It's been a few years since my last, but I've been running consistently the last year and completed a half in December. I am super excited to give it another go. I feel the many happy miles the last two months has improved my runs already so much. I feel healthy and stronger just by adding strength and speed. I can't wait to see how the next few months unfold. I'm not sure I would have had the confidence to push myself without these plans in this group. Thanks for creating these workouts for us. Excited for you, Meg, for your marathon in December, and I'm excited and happy to have anybody else join us in many happy miles. Um, you can head to another mother runner slash many happy miles. I'm sorry, make that another motherrunner.com slash many happy miles, no spaces um, to check it out. Okay, I'll see you all next week. Have a great week. Bye. All right, and I know all this talk of sun protection has you thinking about hats or maybe, maybe visors. Um, well, I'm here to say we have got you covered. Literally. Oh, dad joke. Another dad joke. <laughs> we recently debuted a slew of new running hats, including running truckers, which are this beautiful hybrid between a running hat and a trucker hat. <laughs> um, we talked to the people at Boco and they're like, yeah, we just couldn't decide on what to call them. So we called them running truckers. And, uh, and we also include one visor in there because I know that there are a lot of visor lovers out there. Cindy Pelto, I'm looking at you. Um, so those are all in the mother runner store under accessories. Um, so yeah, we have, um, five or six new hats and visors. So head on over to motherrunnerstore.com to pick up yours. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles to you. Mm -hmm.